What is good, Slapping Meat family? My name's We Too Deep, and we're here with another Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. Uh, we got some housekeeping. The first off is y'all probably noticing the, the this episode's out normal than you know out earlier than normal, right? And so I've made a decision that I'm going to start recording these on Monday nights to release either Monday night or Tuesday morning so that I can watch NXT live. Um, I, I prefer to watch NXT over Raw and SmackDown. And so I'm okay recording these Monday nights, missing raw um, over missing uh, the um, NXT. Uh, I, I'd rather participate in, watching NXT live because I prefer that product over anything else right now. Um, and so because of that, I am going to start recording these episodes on Monday nights to be released on Tuesday. Um, and, uh, and then the second thing with housekeeping is um, a little bit more complicated it is a big thing. Um, the show has grown. Um, I used to promote the casual wrestling community wrestling show, the CW, uh, the casual wrestling uh, podcast, as well as Notorious Nerdy D's uh, Discord that goes along with it. We've come to an agreement, though, uh, that um, with the growth of, of my podcast, with this show that that it probably would have been best for me to probably create my own discord for um for the show rather than just sort of continuous you know the way it used to be set up was me sort of just posting on his and there's a lot more that I don't feel that it's my my place to to talk about on it that's some stuff that's that we've we come to an agreement with that the listeners don't really need to know about um and uh i'll just put it this way we're growing he's growing and that's all that matters right and so um i'm happy for him no ill will at all uh i hope the best for his show and the uh and the path that he takes it he's growing uh a great podcast over there i still will support him and for but with that being said, because I have my own discord now, when I mention the term discord, that's what I'm talking about is the slapping meat wrestling podcast discord, not the casual wrestling community um, discord. So I won't be mentioning any conversations or, you know, all the questions now will be moved over to the slapping meat discord. If you have not yet joined. Uh. There, click the link in the description. Also, in the description is slappingmeatwrestling.com. There, uh, you can find some merchandise. Um, and uh, I actually 
uh, have received my Slapping Meat Wrestling uh, shirt that I ordered for myself. I don't have it on right now. That'll be on. I'll wear that the next episode. I completely forgot about it before I started recording this. Um, and so I'll wear that next episode to show you guys what it looks like. But go out and uh, check out the, the the merch site. Again, that's slappingmeatwrestling.com. And again, the link for the Discord is in the description now that we now that we got that i mean that, that that's a big thing right that's a big thing right we we're going to grow our own community here um and with that being said um it, i want it to be a community and so and i want us to sort of grow it together and so if you guys have friends that like wrestling if you guys have uh family that like wrestling or people that you know that like wrestling who want to you know don't just share the podcast with them. Share the Discord with them as well. That way, you know, they could be a part of that uh, community. The way the Discord sort of set up, though, is sort of more of more of a watch along to have discussion during the shows. But there's also some general wrestling chat as well. So, you know, the cool thing, and, and I actually sort of like stepping out myself with this is, there i was sort of limited and you guys may have noticed over the last two two or three weeks i've sort of changed my viewpoint on a lot of wrestling in terms of and how i did the show i used to be super aimed at, at the casual fan right but i'll be honest uh on the on nerdy d show and, and i heard him say the word sponsorship uh, and I knew exactly what was going to happen. So I have been planning this really in the future. Uh, he's growing to the point to where he can get sponsorship. That's great for him. Again, no ill will. I want to make, I want to put that out there. No ill will, right? To, to him and, and what he's building. Um, I actually, uh, you know, when we came to this decision, I personally said, look, I thank you for even allowing me to promote my show on your Discord. Most people don't do that, right? So, um, with that being said, though, I, uh, with me pr promoting it there, I always felt that, you know, the audience I was getting was casual. So I had to, I had to make my show uber casual and, and, and uh, over the last couple of, uh, of weeks, maybe months, uh, I've really sort of changed my perspective of this show instead of trying to promote just the casual fan base, because I don't necessarily think that a lot of casual fans are looking for wrestling podcasts. I'm going to be completely honest with you. Um, and so I, I still want to be a voice for the casual fan because I am a casual fan, but at the same time I have opinions and, and, and I don't want to sort of segregate the audience. Right. And so I'm a little with me stepping out this way and promoting myself. Um, I I'm going to be a little bit more, a little bit more hardcore in my fandom. I don't think it's a, you know, I used to be super like afraid to talk about like the Indies and we may talk about some of the indie wrestlers that I like, because there's some people out there, right? But a casual audience doesn't care. So uh, we're going to be a little bit more hardcore. I'm going to right. Um, now that I'm sort of promoting myself and I'm not sort of, 
you know, I'm trying to promote. So if you got hardcore fans that just love wrestling, point them to this podcast, right? I'm going to do a, I'm going to do a lot better. You know, I'm not going to change the way that I believe. I believe what I believe you're going to get. What, you're going to get what comes out of this mouth. It's, it's going to be unedited raw, but it's going to be genuine. And, and I, and I'm, I'm looking to have sort of debates and conversation. And that's more so what the, our discord's what the slap and meat discord is going to be about is the, the conversation around the episodes itself. Right. And so you can leave your topics. I love doing community topics and, and questions. You can, uh, uh, you know, there's a slot there to discuss the episodes. Um, and then, uh, slots to discuss raw smackdown nxt aew individually based on each show that they have and then other general wrestling conversation right um and so you know with that i'm i'm still contemplating um it's been something that i've always wanted to do since i've really since i started podcasting years ago with before this show um of interviewing wrestlers um, and, and, and especially like independent wrestlers and introducing p- people to them, the problem with that. And, and I, it's not really a problem in terms of I, that. I hate that people do this. They deserve to get paid for their time. A lot of independent wrestlers to do interviews, um, they charge a, a booking fee, which is, you know, I completely respect that. That's their time. Um, and I'm, I'm just, I just don't got the money for that. <laughs> I just don't, I'm be honest with you. So, um, I have plans to grow this and, and, and do fun, cool things like that. Uh, maybe interview some independent wrestlers or other, bring other podcasters on here. Um, and, and so with that, um, yeah, there's our sort of housekeeping again, the, as much as it, you know, podcasting is one of those things where everybody and their mother has a podcast and we'll get to the topics here in a minute. Everyone and their mother has a podcast and, uh, I've come, at least in my experience, right, and how I view it, everyone, who, there's a lot of, this is a market that's deep in an in, in amount of content, right? You can listen to hours upon hours upon hours of content just in the wrestling genre. And what I've come to recognize is to differentiate yourself. You have to, you know, people aren't going to come to you for your graphics, at least in my experience, right? Like I don't, at least how I view it, I'm not going to go to your show because your graphics are good or your intro is, is, is fire or, you know, you know, your, your editing is, is top notch. Right. People all I've been asked several times, why do you why do you not edit your shows? Right. Because in my opinion, I'm not selling my editing. I'm not my editing skills, which are very minimal to begin with. I'm not selling my, you know, graphic design. That's not what I'm trying to sell. I'm selling the words coming out of my mouth. The product you guys, I would assume, come to listen to is what comes out of my mouth. Right. And so as long as my 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 content that comes out of my mouth is good. I, I'm not going to, I don't feel like spending a whole lot of time on the extra 
right? The set and the editing and the graphics. And I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. I'm just going to be completely honest, right? But I promise you, my promise is because I don't, I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that. What is important, the content you've come to listen to, I'm going to give you 110%, right? And if I have a bad episode, tell me you have a bad episode. You know how you can tell me you have a bad episode? You can, if you're listening on podcast, five, a five-star review, one-star review, you know, the joke, the running joke in, in the community, if you're new here is I, I don't like three-star reviews, right? If you, if you hate the show, you don't have to be nice and give me a three-star, right? Give me that one star, right? If you, if, if you like the show, I'm asking you, it's not a lie. I'm asking you to embellish how much you like the show. If it's a four-star do me a favor, just rank it up, round it up a little bit, right? I, I, I you know, the joke, the running joke is, uh, you know, that's my Achilles heel is a three-star review, right? <laughs> uh, but, but for real, like if you don't like it, let me know you don't like it by giving me a one star, leave your review. Let me know what I can, what I can do to get better, right? If you, if you love it, let me know you love it. And I appreciate you all. But a lot of this comes with, you know, uh, me giving all the best content that I can give you and then me me marketing that and, and and sharing that but also you guys are an important part in growing this as well if you have a f- friend or a family member or just someone you talk to or you're out and about at a wrestling show and, and you're talking to people in your row or whatever just say hey go to the the Go, go listen to the Slap and Meat Wrestling podcast, right? Uh, some good content there, right? Maybe you're having a – who knows what situation you're in where, where you could spread it. If you guys can do that, that would be wonderful as well. Again, merch at slappingmeatwrestling.com. Well, that was 15 minutes of housekeeping. Let's actually get to the actual content that you're here to listen to, right? All right. So the episode's titled Tuesday Night Catastrophe. And and I think I have a unique, but I think a very logical opinion. That's where I want to fit in, right? You got a lot of people on the super hardcore side that a lot of their uh, their their content is just a bunch of ass kissing to whoever their favorite brand is in wrestling. You had a lot of people on the casual side who they they sort of brand, you know, a lot of them. Uh, and there's, I, I actually don't know a lot of casual wrestling podcasts, to be honest. Um, but ca- casual fans on Twitter, you know, uh, especially sort of the WWE only ones, are coming out here sort of reacting. And I told you guys narratives would be pushed over over the ratings. Right? There would be narratives pushed. I told you guys that narratives would come out um, from the AEW camp as well as the WWE camp. And, and and there would be narratives. And my my perception of this, immediately when I saw the ratings, I jumped into what the WWE only narrative was, was this was a catastrophe. And that's why I titled it this way, because I called it this was a catastrophic loss. But then I had a week to think it over. And this is why I always sort of like having time before I react. I had a week to think this over. And you have a lot of people in the hardcore side who get their clicks and likes by being super emotional, you know, maybe some ass kissing. You get other people on 
you know, the other side of, of I want to say the casual side, but you got a lot of people who there who sort of, they, they're, they're just as emotional. I don't really know how to describe, but your hardcore fans are emotional for their brand of choice. You know, your WWE's only, you know, have their narratives that everyone's trying to push a narrative and it's all for clicks, right? And no one actually thinks, I think I'm the only person, and this is just my opinion, who I'm the only person who I listen to, who I know of or listen to or see tweet that I believe has a logical opinion on this issue of the WWE versus NXT ratings. Because what I wanted to do was I wanted to figure out. So we'll go ahead and talk about this first. AEW's rating 609,000, NXT's rating 921,000, right? Now, I last week before the rating came out, I said I don't believe NXT will win the rating, and but if I was wrong, I'd come in and say I was wrong. So guess what? I was wrong. I was wrong. I thought AEW had this one weeks ago. I really did. I was wrong. Um and I think I was wrong because of my assumption of what was going to happen. I didn't take one thing into consideration. Um, so my assumption was based on um, the week prior's re- viewing ratings, right? The week prior's ratings where NXT had 857,000 and um, AEW had 800,000, right? And, and so I took those numbers. And I said, you know what? I think they're going to be pretty constant, right? Now, my assumption was people who watch and prefer AEW would watch AEW and people who watch and prefer NXT would watch NXT and we would lose some to the college football MLB playoffs or the the first day of hockey, right? So... Um, the first thing that I want to mention is the total viewership. Again, I thought about this logically. So we're going to run down sort of analyzing the numbers, right? Sort of analyzing these numbers. So the week prior to the episode we're talking about, right? NXT got 857,000 and... AW had about 800,000. So that was 1.6. So 1,657,000 people watched wrestling on Tuesday and Wednesday. Right? Which is pretty consistent with what I what you would assume, right? And so I assumed and again I made a, a assumption without taking certain things into consideration um and what I didn't take into consideration was the idea that AW and NXT share an audience. Now, let me explain this, because this is something that um, this was something that I I've tried to explain to people um that wrestling is 
one of those things where like it's a niche product wrestling. So SmackDown gets about two, two and a half million, but that's a super ca- casual program. Raw, Raw averages about 1.6, 1.8, right? And and then SmackDown gets a lot more, I think, because people people want to see Roman in the bigger stars. But so my assumption where I I, I messed up on on my prediction was. And this is where I believe the catastrophe is, and we'll talk about it in a minute, is NXT and AEW share an audience, right? I believe there is a portion of the audience that watch on Tuesday who are NXT or WWE onlyist, right? I believe that's a part part of the audience. I also believe there's a part of the wrestling audience who only watches wrestling on, on AEW nights and who are AEW only. But I believe that there's a a, a, a a fairly large number of fans who watch on Tuesdays and on Wednesdays. And now they were forced to make a decision. When am I going to watch live? Because because this isn't this isn't like the Monday Night Wars in the Attitude Era where you you watched one live and the other one you would just miss unless you were lucky enough to know someone who could put it on VHS for you. Right. Like you have the ability now in the DVR era to not really have to stress about missing one of these shows. And so you could just choose one to watch and then watch the other one right after. Right. And so I said we were going to lose viewership and and theoretically we did. Right. You add up this episode's ranking 609,000 and 921,000 and you got 1,530,000 people. So you lose you lose 127,000 viewers combined rating, right? So you lose about 125,000 people, right? And, and and that's about fair. That's about what I expect it to, to, to be lost um, for the baseball, NHL, college football crowd that was going to watch on Tuesday. Um, and so the numbers are pretty consistent, but what I didn't take into consideration is people who watch AEW and NXT, because that's the audience that matters here when we talk about rating here, that I don't think anyone ever considers. Like We have this war between AEW and WWE, and I don't think people take into consideration that there's people who support both sides. And watch both shows. And they were given. So where the catastrophe to me comes in. Because you're going to have the, the WWE only narrative. Um, that. Oh NXT won. And this that. that it's done. AEW's going under. We have people listing like. Oh we got two years. Three years until AEW. Slow, slow your roll. Slow your roll for a minute. Understand that I believe that I believe that about, so so if you look at the number, again, I'm a numbers guy. I like to look at the numbers here. AEW lost almost, they lost lost exactly 194,000 viewers, right? In that, NXT gained, I believe it's like 74,000. I believe NXT gained um, 70, 
like 74,000 viewers. Um, um, I'm making sure I got that number right before people come out and be like, oh, no, no, you know, false information. Okay, about 64. So so I, I, I did math a little wrong. NXT, NXT gained about 64,000 where um, AEW lost 194,000. Right. And so, and then, and then you take into consideration that the total viewership dropped by about 127,000. And you realize that, that, that really, if you take away the, the gap here, not, like I'm not even being honest, look at how this plays in, right? Viewership went down 127,000, right? AEW loses 194,000 viewers and NXT gains 64,000. So part of me can, can, can follow me out here. Logically, you can say NXT took 64,000 viewers from AEW and then the remaining part of the jump that in the remaining number that AEW lost was just people who didn't watch wrestling. The numbers sort of add up there. So again, I'm trying to logically figure out. I don't know the answers. None of us know the answers as to what happened. You know, now you're going to have to poll 1.5 million people. You know, what was your decision going? Like, like, or do you watch both? You could do these type of pollings and it'd be interesting to see the, the results of that. But I'm trying to logically figure out how was I this wrong, right? But here's here's the important part. AEW is going nowhere, and there's actually a question that I like that I think I think it was uh, DJ Wavy D who asked this. I'm glad he asked this, and so we'll we'll discuss this in a minute. But um, but I, I, everyone's acting on the WWE only side. Everyone's acting as if AEW is going out of business. I don't think that's going to happen. We need to slow our rolls a little bit because, because I would be interested to know who recorded AEW and the number of, of people who recorded AEW um, versus who, how many recorded, like what's the total viewership after you count in, you know, next day and streams and, and all of that stuff. Right. And so, these numbers are fun, but when you really think about it, at the end of the day, right, my my sort of judgment on what's a good show and what's not is, did I enjoy that show that I watched? And so, I, and, and, and so I'm looking at the quality of the show, not the quantity of the viewers, right? And so I believe NXT put on a more quality product. But we can't uh, we can't just ignore the viewership. We can't ignore the viewership. We just can't. And so the catastrophe is AEW. There's some amount of people. I don't know the number. If we follow my number, it's somewhere around 
my estimation is somewhere between 60 and 150,000 people decided not to watch AEW live, but would rather record AEW and watch NXT live. Maybe they went back and watched AEW off a recording, but the rating, the people who, who care about the ratings, the, the, the sponsors don't care about who recorded it. They want to know who watched live because that's where the advertising money is going into. Because let's just be honest. If you're recording a show, are you watching the commercials? I don't. Right? Let's just be honest. Um, and so we can have concern for it, but I, I don't necessarily think we need to jump on this on this horse that says AEW's done. Because as a WWE fan, I don't I don't want AEW to disappear. Now, I'm not going to be on the sidelines of everyone needs to be happy that AEW exists because it means more wrestlers can work. I don't give a fuck about that. I really don't. What I do care about is this provides competition for WWE, which keeps them from being complacent, and it it creates very good uh, product, right? And I just... I would never wish for AEW to go out of business. I have some other concerns. I think, I think with, with the, the, the attendance concerns are, are super concerning to me. Like the lack of attendance is concerning to me. And, th- and that's part of what the question wavy D asked. Um, and we'll, so we'll talk about that in a minute. My, my more concern or the more concerning factor to me isn't the rating. But this was always going to be what I was more focused on. What's the result of the rating? What? How? Do, what's the reaction? More so from Tony Khan and the AEW. Um, and, and I mean this: the 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 from Tony Khan and his cult of dick riding motherfuckers. What was going to be their response to the rating? And so when this rating came out, I had a smile on my face. Because I knew exactly that we were going to get some beautiful content that I could put on here. And instead of doing an entire segment like I used to of shut the fuck up, Tony. I'm just going to come out here and say, Tony Khan. Tony Khan, are you a child? Are you 10 years old, Tony Khan? Because you sure as hell acted like it last week. You sure as hell, you talked all that shit. Shawn Michaels is, you know, shut up, you bald, you bald dummy or whatever the fuck you put on Twitter about Shawn Michaels. And you, you were taking shots. But as soon as you saw that result and you, as soon as you saw that you lost, now you're going to start crying like a little bitch. Having a complete meltdown on Twitter. Talking about, you know, bringing up all of these deflection points, right? And, and, and as soon as Tony Khan mentioned this, the fucking cult members of, of the AEW fandom, this is now their new fucking narrative. Uh, you couldn't get a million with Cena or Undertaker or LA Knight. Guys, guys, please understand. Undertaker had five minutes of TV time. Cena did a five-minute promo and was a manager. This show was never destined to get a million. Fuck, I, I was surprised that it hit 900,000. I'm not, I'm being completely honest with you. The show was never done, right? And then Tony Khan, being a fucking idiot, just comes out here and says, 
Ah, man, this is the first show ever where Undertaker and John Cena never reached a million views. Bitch, what the fuck are you talking about? Can you quit deflecting from the fact that your ass got handed to you? You talked all that shit and then you lost. The catastrophe isn't that you lost, though. The catastrophe is that even people who watch your program decided we're going to watch NXT instead. You got people in the fucking building. In the suites. With fucking uh, photo evidence of people who paid money to go to your show and were so bored in the suite, they turned on NXT. Like that—that's the catastrophe. And then you have a fucking meltdown. And then he tries to play the sympathy card. Oh, a year ago, I was bedside at my mom. Look, and no one wants to make fun of her health. If anyone out there made fun of his mom's health and, and that health scare, fuck you, right? That's not needed in the community. But Tony Khan, you know what else is not needed? For you to then post that tweet to get sympathy, so that when people critique you, now you can play the victim. And say, now, now you're making fun of my mom. Tony, shut the fuck up. Shut the fuck up, Tony. Like, AEW fans, the cult members of the AEW fandom, take this motherfucking L, take this one right here, shove it up your fucking assholes, and shut the fuck up. You lost. Move on from it. Quit making excuses. Right, because Tony Khan's gonna come out here. They never hit a million with the. Okay, you know what else I could say? This was the first time Edge was on a show that didn't get to a million either. You you hit six hundred thousand people. Tony Khan, don't act like you fucking did anything. Take the L, shove it up your asshole, and shut the fuck up. I just that's where the. That's where the catastrophe is. Tony Khan acted like an enti- like a self-entitled man-child on Twitter. And no one backstage thought to call him or take his phone from him? How many people do you think lo- lost respect and will not turn on the show now because of how Tony Khan reacted? I just, I don't understand the reaction. Take the L and move on. Get better. Stop making excuses and blaming other people. And then playing the victim when someone calls you out for trying to fucking get sympathy. I critique you, Tony Khan. Not because I want to want to critique you, but because you give me content to critique. Tony Khan, sometimes all you got to do is to shut your mouth and people stop talking about you. It's that fucking simple. But 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 this shouldn't be surprising when 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 the Jacksonville Jaguars have people in their suites during the games and the TVs don't work because the cable bill for direct TV hasn't been paid. The fuck? It's fucking crazy. Like Tony, what what the fuck's going on? And I know Tony Khan can't control that. But 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 part of me wonders, did Tony take too much money from Shad to where Shad couldn't pay the bills? And then when does Shad step in and say, Tony, we got to make a profit here. You're taking too much money. 
for this wrestling shit and everything else is suffering. Is it going to take Fulham getting getting regulated? Is it going to take the Jaguars, you know, not having money to, you know, you know, they've already basically had the stadium almost shut down multiple times for the uh, health inspector. I'm not fucking kidding. Look that up. Like, I'm just, uh, but Tony Khan has a fucking meltdown because his wrestling product loses a, a, a war that no one else thought was a war until Tony Khan mentioned it as a war. It's all thing he brought on himself. Right? So that's the catastrophe. The catastrophe is Tony Khan's reaction. The catastrophe is that you have, I believe, a large number of, of viewers, like I said, probably about 10% of your audience left and watched your competition live instead. It's not good, Tony. It's not good. That's that, That's where I think the catastrophe comes in. I don't think it's a catastrophe that AEW lost. I don't. We can slow down with the AEW's dying talk. And I know I've said it before, but let's just be real and, and realistic here. AEW's going nowhere. Because Tony Khan can fund it for, uh, for, uh, for a while. It's not just going to disappear. Right. Let's move on to WWE. Right. So we're not going to review all of SmackDown, but there's a couple things that I want to mention from SmackDown. So the first is that we have GMs back in in, in WWE. Adam Pierce being the Raw GM and Nick Aldis being the SmackDown GM. I thought that this was this is interesting. Maybe we can get some sort of competitive booking. Part of me wonders if this will lead to like a Survivor Series match where Aldis and and uh, and Pierce actually get into a, a match. You know, they they select a team and they're sort of like the team captains and they can wrestle cuz Adam Pierce used to wrestle. I don't know if it's like an injury that hasn't made him get in the ring in WWE or if he's retired from in-ring. Aldis technically hasn't retired from in-ring yet. I'd love to I think both of them worked for NWA at one point. Um and so I just I think this would be pretty cool. Uh, to I think this would be pretty cool to uh, uh, see both of those in the ring together. Sorry, I lost my train of thought there for a minute. Um, and so yeah, I thought that those were cool. We got KO on SmackDown now, is the official part of the Jey Uso trade which is interesting, not a big fan, not against it. I'm not a Kevin Owens fan, to be honest, though. I feel like Kevin Owens is the most AEW-type wrestler WWE has. And and quite honestly, I wish that he would – I don't understand why he hasn't left yet. Um, I feel like he would have a lot more fun in AEW. Um, and and I, I'm, I don't know what's, if, it, if it's a money thing. Um, that's keeping him in, in WWE, but I really have a feeling that before Kevin Owens retires, he will be an AEW superstar for for a, a, a run in AEW. I really believe that. I'm not a big fan of his move set, or he's good on the mic, but I, I'm just to me, he just screams like normal independent wrestler, right? He's he screams AEW, and that's not a bad thing. I just I don't see anything special about Kevin Owens to to really cheer for. 
or get behind. And that and that's my opinion. Y'all can y'all can argue uh, argue with me all you want. You're never going to change my mind on that one. I'm not a big fan of Kevin Owens. Not a big fan of Sami Zayn. Um, same sort of logic behind that as well. Um, but one thing you can do is you can acknowledge the bloodline. Like 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 you can acknowledge Roman Reigns. Because let me tell you something, SmackDown's been pretty fucking boring the last month and a half that Roman's been gone, and Roman Reigns just sets foot in the arena on the show, and it feels completely different. It feels so much of a uh, of a better product. And I just, you you have to acknowledge that Roman isn't there all the time, but when he's there, it feels important. And that's why he, right, it's sort of like the McRib, right? The McRib is there for like a month or two, and then it disappears, and then a year later, it comes back. And then people go and buy it because they want it. Or, or Taco Bell and these nacho fries that needs to just stay on the damn fucking menu because they take them away for like a month and then bring them back, right? But they're there. You get them while they're there. Once they're gone, now you're craving them again. And then that's when they decide to bring them back. Right. And so Roman can be here for two, three months and then be gone for a month and a half. Now we're craving to see Roman Reigns. And the second he gets there, it's instant satisfaction. We need to acknowledge that Roman Reigns, y'all may not like him. Y'all may not like that he's got a three year title reign. But let me tell you something that motherfucker draws fucking tickets sales and y'all got to acknowledge the tribal motherfucking chief for how good he is right y'all got to acknowledge him there's no one better than roman reigns there's no one who draws more than roman reigns i've always said this right i had a a discussion with some some friends about about um you know everyone was like well la Knight's the top draw and i said no 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 la Knight's good but LA Knight's not the top draw. He's the fan favorite, but he's not the top draw. He's the merch sale guy. He's the fan favorite, but he's not the top draw. Please understand me. Roman Reigns is the top draw, right? I believe Roman Reigns moves the needle more than LA Knight. I believe Cody Rhodes moves the needle more than LA Knight. I believe um, the bloodline as a whole moves the needle more than LA Knight. LA Knight's a fan favorite. People love LA Knight. I'm not saying he's bad, but listen to me. He's not moving the needle. He's just not. He's not moving the needle. I don't believe many people are would be concerned if LA Knight just disappeared. Right? If this run ends and then he just disappears, are people going to care about it? Are people going to start yearning for LA Knight the way they yearn for, for Roman Reigns? So he may be the fan favorite right now. This is why I still believe he's flavor of the month. This is why I believe he's still flavor of the month. Now, that month might t- take a while. This might be flavor of, of, of 2024, maybe flavor of the year. But he's never going to reach the drawing power of Roman Reigns. And I don't think there's anyone in the wrestling business that reaches that type of drawing power. Roman Reigns is the big dog for a reason. He just he he, he puts asses in seats. He he makes you care about what's on the TV. 
and 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 he does something that not a lot of people do, and AEW wrestlers in particular definitely don't know how to do, and that's get himself over while getting others over, right? So he's got himself over, and in result, he's gotten over Jimmy Uso, Jay Uso, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens, LA Knight is going to get this type of rub, Cody Rhodes. But I think the most important is someone we don't talk about as much as if you think about a year ago where Solo Sokoa was to, to now, Solo Sokoa is probably a top five person viewed internally in the company. And a year ago, he was on NXT losing North American championship matches. But just being in the presence of the tribal chief, just being in the same circle as Paul Heyman and Roman Reigns in this bloodline story has elevated like eight or nine superstars. Right? People don't talk about Roman Reigns that way, but I'm going to talk about Roman Reigns that way. We got to acknowledge how good Roman Reigns is, and him just being on the show makes it feel special. Right, speaking of specialties on the show, uh, this upcoming Friday, I believe, in San Antonio, Logan Paul is going to be there. He's challenged Rey Mysterio for the U.S. championship. I kind of figured, he, and I was quite, kind of wondering how he was going to sort of play around and get himself on the Saudi Arabia card. And here we go. We figured it out. Um, he's going to go after the U.S. championship, and I think he's going to win it. Now, here's my thing. <coughs> Logan Paul, are you going to give us a fighting champion? Or are you going to be, you're, you're obviously a heel, so you don't have to fight every week. But are you going to give us some title defenses or is this going to be one of those things where you win the title and it's more so just so that the belt can be on impulsive and then you don't defend again until like Royal Rumble or WrestleMania and the belt goes nowhere, right? Because that title is the least prestigious belt in the company right now. I think the U.S. title is the least prestigious belt even of including all the NXT titles. There's just no prestige there. Between Theory's run, between Rey Mysterio's run, and everything in, like, in between it, there's just no prestige there. So putting it on Logan Paul gives it prestige, but he's going to have to defend it. He's going to have to defend it. Uh, it. The U.S. title, to me, should be a title that gets defended on TV. And so if he's going to win the title, he needs to be on TV. And that's just the way that I feel. And then the last thing that I want to talk about, um, I was going to show the whole promo they made, but then I decided against it. Um, it the Grizzled Young Veterans Return. Now, if you don't know who they are, uh, James Drake, and I forgot the other dude's name. This goes to the point of uh, of this segment. Uh, but they used to be Jagger Reed and, um, again, can't remember his name. The schism or the dyad as part of the schism, the two guys that were in the schism that left that aren't there anymore. Right. And, and, um, they come out, they, they, they make this sort of return to the Indies. We're taking bookings type promo, right. Explaining who they are, what their sort of gimmick is or pirates again, blah, blah, blah. This, that, and the, I don't care about the video, to be honest. What I care about is their caption, right? Their caption basically stated something along the lines of, no, no spooky lighting, no producers, no contact lenses. They forget to mention 
Um, they forgot to mention zero charisma or no charisma, uh, no reason to watch you, uh, and and right zero drawing power, right? Um, no one gives a fuck about you. And and the bigger thing that I care about is why are we taking shots at WWE? Why does everyone who gets released or you know that they feel like their booking is shit, and then they leave WWE either being released or just not resigning, and th- they immediately return to the independents and they just shit on what made them popular. I'm sorry, I watched them as grizzled young veterans on NXT UK and as when they first in- got were introduced to NXT. They weren't good. They weren't entertaining. There was zero charisma, and I had no idea what the fuck I was watching. Right? You know what made me want to tune in to watch those two individuals? The fucking schism. So while you're shitting on the schism, that is literally the 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 gimmick that people wanted to watch. Now, are there people who liked the grizzled young veterans? Yes, a lot of them are British wrestling fans. But to the to the rest of us in America who who don't understand what the fuck you guys were, you guys were entertaining. You had some charisma. You guys are good. Like, I wish them the best. But do you have to walk out the door fucking pissing on WWE? I just don't understand that. I don't understand someone who gets opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, and then they get released or or d- don't resign, and then they piss on the thing that gave them the opportunity. Just walk out quietly. You don't have to fucking sh- take take shots. None of that makes sense to me. None of that makes sense to me. I'm just being completely honest. Why do you got to walk out the door taking shots at WWE? You could just be quiet. You ain't got to bring them up, but you do for the clicks. And in two months, no one's going to fucking remember you while you're running fucking Liverpool and Blackpool and, and, and Bingham and, and London arenas and, 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 and the fucking UK begging for a job back with WWE, right? Or you go to AEW and, and you get pushed for two, two months and then, now you're sort of just jobbing out to the young bucks, right? And wishing you were the schism again. I just don't understand it. The schism was a great gimmick. What are you shitting on? I just don't. I just don't get it. I don't get it. Someone explain it to me. All right. So now we're moving to the community questions. We got two by DJ WBD, two by B Master. We thank you guys for bringing these in if y'all want to ask me questions any topic uh wrestling related can be asked about uh you can you can uh do that in the discord link again click the link in the description join the discord and 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 join the conversation and you can ask your suggestions um as long as they're in by monday afternoon ish um again I, and i always would put a reminder up every week anyway um, but we'll talk about that. And I know the, the fans who watch normally are like, but what about the brackets? I'll go ahead and address that real quick. I've just sort of decided um, with the sort of change to the between the discord. So I'm just going to not do the brackets right now. It's a lot of uh, extra stuff at the moment. And, and I, I just we'll, we'll get to it. We'll, we'll probably get back to a bracket like this at some point. Um, but I think I'm going to go a different direction, stop doing all the extra sort of gimmicky stuff 
and more so just me talking because I think that's where I'm uh, I'm the best at is just me talking. Um, and so we'll, we'll we'll stop the 64 man men's bracket. Let's just be completely fucking honest. If we didn't get like a Rock or Cena in the finals, the whole bracket was going to be fucked up anyway. Uh, we we could sit here and and and, and that may be a topic I, I talk about in uh, uh, down the future is like who are the who are my top ten wrestlers? Um, and, and, or and, and I think that's something we can sort of talk about, um, you know, down the line. Um, but with that, let's go to these community questions. So we'll do B Masters two first. So his first one is with Vince stepping down from creative. Um, do you view this as a good or bad thing? Um, so I think the first thing is, is did I, I'm going to answer your question with the question. Did Vince step down is my question. Cause I was under the assumption Ari Emanuel basically just kicked him out of creative. I was under the assumption based on the quote that I think it was sports illustrated, uh, released something about, about Ari Emanuel basically saying that in order to do the best job, you need, you need. In order to get the best product, everyone needs to be able to do their job to their to their fullest extent. Basically saying Vince being in the back pocket of Triple H sort of interfering was going to create a lesser product than just letting Triple H cook. And I thoroughly agree with that. Is it a good thing that Vince is away from creative is more of the question he's asking. And I think the answer is yes. I think Vince, Vince didn't do bad booking. He just didn't do good booking. Right. It wasn't horrible. It just wasn't good. And it, it played the middle. And I think he was too far behind on his comedy and what really worked. And he was 20 years behind the times. And and he wanted to be completely in control. Or I think uh, Triple H allows for more sort of cooperation with the wrestlers where they, they can sort of give some advice to where they want to take the character. Um. But you can immediately tell last week, especially with SmackDown, that Vince wasn't there. Um, and so, yeah, I think it's definitely going to be a good thing that Vince is not in creative. Um, now, with that being said, I am not 100% sold Triple H as the savior of all saviors when it comes to wrestling booking. I will never drop down and put Triple H on the pedestal and say he's the god of, of fucking of booking. I'm just never going to go to that point. Because I saw what happened with Black and Gold, where he pushed the same three or four acts for four years straight. And we ain't got time for that on the main roster. We ain't got time for that with Raw and SmackDown to push boring-ass Adam Cole and boring-ass... I'm sorry, DIY's boring, right? At least with Roman Reigns, the needle gets moved, right? But when you push DIY and, 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 and Undisputed Era for four years and nothing grows about the product... It, it's time to move on. And I know a lot of that was because none of them wanted to go to the main roster because of Vince. I get, I understand all of that, but I'm not going to sit here and say triple H is the, is the, the savior of wrestling booking. And in fact, for the last you know year and a half that he's supposedly been in charge and I get, he had a Vince McMahon in his back pocket, but, but he has it, triple H to me is very, very spotty with his booking. He has like very good shows, but then he'll go like two or three months with mediocre shows, but then he'll put on a banger and everyone starts to praise him, right? Roman Reigns comes back 
and, and the show is good, and now everyone's sort of praising Triple H as if he's some god. Meanwhile, okay, cool, we get GMs back. I'm happy about that. But can we talk about how shitty that segment was to introduce Nick Aldis? Right? There are people in the crowd who don't know who Nick Aldis is, and you're just going to have him walk into the ring without a package, without explaining any anything about him, expecting people to give a fuck. Right? That was a shitty-ass fucking segment. Let's just be completely honest. Triple H isn't the savior of wrestling booking. He's just as much of the savior of wrestling as Tony Khan is. I feel like I feel on the same pedestal AEW only fans try to put Tony Khan on this sort of pedestal if he can't ever make a mistake. There's a lot of people who are starting to put Triple H on that same pedestal. And I'm never going to put people on the pedestal to, and, and, and be told I have to like everything they do. I'm just, I'm just never going to be in that position. Triple H is great at times, right? And he's my favorite wrestler of all time. Or it's a tie between him and Randy Orton. But let's just pause on like he's the god of wrestling. Because Shawn Michaels for the last year has been cooking without recognition. And we're just going to hand this award to Triple H over one show? Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. Uh, second question, B-Master asks, now that WWE assigned Jade Cargill, what brand should she show up on and why? Very good question. Um, I actually like how they're parading her around all three brands. I think the best way to do this is to, is to start a bidding war. Nick Aldis, Adam Pearce, um, Shawn Michaels, to sort of start like a bidding war over where she should show up. Ultimately, I honestly think she should be on all three shows. And just show up wherever the fuck she wants to be. You Can you imagine that amount of star power you have to have to walk in and say, I'm going to go wherever the fuck I want to go? Like, that's Brock Lesnar type of star power. And just imagine, like, one week she shows up on NXT. The next week she shows up on Raw. The week after that she shows up on all three shows. I, I like that, that idea. Now, ultimately, where I would put her is NXT. Let her continue to train in the PC. But I need people to understand, because all these people kind of think that if you're training or you need some help training and you're in the PC, that means you have to be in NXT. No, no, no. You do realize every single employee of WWE has access to the to the performance center. If I'm Seth Rollins and and... I'm not scheduled to take place at any of the live shows for whatever reason. Or let's say we're doing a live show in Tampa or whatever, and I just want to go to Orlando for the day and go to the PC. Seth Rollins has access to the Performance Center. Like Randy Orton's in the Performance Center right now. Re-getting re used to, the, to wrestling, right? Everyone has access to the Performance Center. So I think you could keep her in the Performance Center and allow her to train while keeping her on Raw and SmackDown. But I would keep her on NXT because that would elevate NXT. Have her come in, beat Becky Lynch for the title, and, and dominate that division on her way up the ladder to Charlotte Flair. And right, but, but before we get that, can we have her on Raw tonight, st stare down Rhea Ripley? Can we have her on NXT 
tomorrow stare down Becky Lynch the same way she stared down Charlotte Flair? Can we have her stare down Bianca? Right, And her Twitter game is on point. What branch did I go to? Y'all help me create a, a list of victims, right? Her, her game is on point. She's a marketing fucking badass. I love Jade Cargill. To her, this is business. This isn't, I'm, I want to, this isn't, she's not Edge, right? Listen, Edge went to AEW because he wanted to have fun, right? Jade went to NXT or went to WWE because she wanted to make money. And she wanted to use this as a stepping stone to get to where she wanted to be. She's different than Edge, right? And I get Edge only has one more run left in him, but she's different. This, If you want to have fun, run the indie circuits. That's fun. But if you want to make money and you want to talk about business, come to WWE. That's the message she sent. And so Jade Cargill should show up wherever the fuck Jade Cargill wants to show up because I believe, and I mean this with a fucking passion, I will say this till, I'm, till, till I die or she retires, whatever comes first. Jade Cargill right now, without having stepped one foot, she hasn't even stepped foot onto a stage much less a ring or a ringside area. The only places we have seen her on TV are getting out of cars and shaking hands of officials or staring down Charlotte Flair. But but in the three times we've seen her on WWE television, on the three times we've seen her, she has been presented as a bigger superstar than she ever was presented on AEW. And that pissed a lot of people in the IWC off when I posted that on TikTok and Facebook. But she's a bigger star now. Her booking rate went through. the. If she left WWE right now, having three TV appearances, none of them in the ring or even in the fucking stadium. If she decided, I don't want to be here right now, I want to go and run the indies, her booking fee goes up because she's a bigger star. In three uh, TV appearances, none in the ring, she still elevated her, 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 her booking fee. She still can go out and make more money now. And WWE needs to protect this because I believe that within a year, if, if if booked correctly, Jade Cargill will be the, the, the biggest, most important woman's wrestler on the planet. Is she the best in the ring? No. She doesn't have to be because she got that fucking it factor. She just looks like a goddess. What more do you fucking want? She has everything you want in a superstar. And within a year, I believe she will be women's champion in WrestleMania and just dominating the women's division. That's where I, that's what I would do with her because she is a superstar. And you ain't got to force this shit. Right? She ain't got to play no politics. Jade Cargo is a superstar. She knows it. She walked in the WWE and she's copywriting her own name. You don't fucking do that shit. Vince McMahon would shit his pants. But 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 somehow, 
She walked in and negotiated a contract where she could copyright her own name while using it on WWE TV. This doesn't happen. That's John Cena level shit right there. That doesn't happen. She's a fucking superstar. The the way they've treated her. And let me tell you, don't tell me Thunder Rosa ain't looking at that and saying, huh, maybe I can go get treated well, where I don't got to deal with Britt Baker. Maybe you got some of the women in the locker room going, huh, I I want that superstar treatment. I want to be treated just like Jade is. She's a fucking superstar. So where should she go? I don't fucking care. I just want her on my TV. That's the that's my answer for you. Let's go to DJ Wavy D's questions. He only got two two of them for us this week, which is fine. It is what it is. Uh, he, I mean, if you think about it, he's he's given us you know like seven a week here in the, the last couple of weeks, which is great. Um, I've I've already talked your fucking ears off though, and I know you guys like it. Uh, but uh, let's go to his questions, and these are good questions. Like these are like. Very good questions right here, right? Is it too soon for AEW to admit defeat and move their weekly shows to a home arena like TNA, Impact, and NXT have done uh, with their with their big events at outside arenas? Um, is it too is it too soon? Maybe to AEW fans. I know AEW fans will probably be like, oh, you don't have to do this. Um, you don't. You could still travel. I know I've heard a lot of chatter amongst some of my friends that they just need to run smaller arenas. But I like this idea. I don't see what the problem is of running an NXT-style show where, where you have 2,000 people that you know like the product just going, right? Because you're not making money. With, with selling 3,000 tickets. You're just not. I don't think it's even worth it. Go build an arena or go rent out Universal Studios every every Wednesday night. But the first thing they need to do is get rid of Rampage and really get rid of Collision and just run di- just run Dynamite. Um, they won't do it because they have too much of a bloated fucking roster. They need to cut some of these superstars. They really do. Send a lot of these motherfuckers back to the fucking indies. Because there's a lot of people on that roster that don't deserve to be in the mainstream audience. Send a lot of them packing and going back to the indies. Let's just be completely honest. There's a lot of people on the AEW roster who don't deserve a shot even at AEW. Let's just be honest. And if y'all want, I could spend all week next week going through their roster and telling who I would send back to the fucking indies. Cause there's a, there's a lot of them on that, on that roster and it's bloated. And if you got rid of it and just went down to one show and promoted like 15 superstars and focused on a core 12 to 15 people, you would build a good show with dynamite. But no, you have like a thousand people on your roster and half of them shouldn't even be there. I don't think it's too early to admit defeat. I think they need to do what NXT does. I think they need to do what TNA does. I, I just, I, I, I don't know what else to say about AEW. You're not selling these arenas. So why do you continue to travel across the country when the only place you really have interest in is Chicago, 
New York, maybe some places out west, but you don't have a lot of interest. And, and, and someone brought up the idea that I remember seeing somewhere. I don't remember who it was or where I saw it. Brought up the idea of like they're going to these no-name towns and maybe that's why they're empty. That's not an excuse. It's not an excuse. I mean, I checked their tickets. Then they, they're going to the Yum Center on Louisville University. That's in Louisville. They're going to Memphis. They're going to big cities for the rest of the year. That's not an excuse. That's not an excuse. I think Vegas, I think they're going back to Chicago. I think they're hitting up Cincinnati again. I think they're going to Texas at least once more this year. They're going back to Canada. I don't remember everywhere they're going, but but like they're they're hitting big they're hitting big cities the rest of this year, and they're not going to sell out these arenas. And it's just, I I don't know what more they they can do other than just renting out Universal Studios. Or going go to Daly's Plaza and put every show in Daly's Plaza and have a thousand or two thousand people show up every week, first come, first serve, and have have the best of the best fans in the arena who are allowed and, and appreciate the product. I just I don't understand why you don't do that. You have the ability to do that, Tony Khan. Why are you not doing it? Right? NXT's crowd is fucking amazing. But it's the same, like, 2,000 people every week. But it's people who appreciate the product. Like, I've even had the idea of, like, I think Raw and SmackDown need to have a... a, a, They need to stop traveling. I thoroughly believe this. Um, And have Raw and SmackDown build, like, a Titan Center Arena or whatever, or... uh, TKO Arena or something like that that they they build that's that's just for Raw and SmackDown and they create sort of this WWE universe type feel where whether it's paid actors or NXT people and the fans and, and you I don't know that's a whole different topic that I it'll take a whole hour for me to explain my thoughts on that um but yeah, I think I think AEW would benefit not from running smaller arenas, but just running, you know, a home arena like TNA does or how, how NXT does it. I think that would definitely benefit their product. All right, last question. When Roman Reigns finally loses at some point, how does WWE go about labeling the championship? Do they keep the undisputed label? Do they retire the universal part and just restore it to the WWE championship? So the first thing I can answer is they're not getting rid of Universal. I think that's here to stay forever. And I actually I'm actually one of the the few that like the the branding of Universal Champion. Um I think they do drop the undisputed part. I I don't know why we still technically have that. Um I understand like in terms of like wording um but he technically is an undisputed champion. But at the same time, he's really not if you're really going to get into the logistics of it. Um, and so I think whoever the new title holder is when Roman loses, he, they I think eventually they will drop Undisputed. I don't think they drop Universal. Um, uh, but I could be wrong there. I really, I really don't know. Um, the question could be, when the fuck does Roman lose? 
Because, I mean, the, the, the news came out that The Rock is probably not going to fight Roman Reigns, and that's a creative decision, not a Rock decision this year. That, 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 that's not even on the radar. And so my question is, is okay, let, let, let me sort of turn this question into a different question that I'm going to answer. Um, and, and that is, let's assume Crown Jewel is Roman versus uh, LA Knight, and Roman's probably going to win. And then you get a Survivor Series where Roman's either not going to fight or he's going to be part of the Survivor Series match. And then he'll probably get Royal Rumble where it's either him and, and Cena, if Cena's still there, or him and Cody Rhodes. So my question then becomes, who does he face at Mania? And does he lose at Mania? I don't, I don't see a way in where this happens unless it's solo Sokoa. I, I, I think we could get another year of this storyline. And so when Roman loses is the bigger question. When does Roman lose? I think they keep the universal part. They've really built that as part of the brand. Undisputed will definitely get dropped, I, I thoroughly believe. Um, and I think it would just be the WWE Universal Championship. Um, well, let me know what you guys think of all these questions. Thank you all for, for listening again to another episode of the Slapping Meat Wrestling Podcast. My name is We Too Deep. You can find me on Twitter and TikTok at We Too Deep 413, W E T O O D E E P 413. Um, and uh, again, if you guys can like, share, subscribe, leave a review if you're listening on podcast networks, slappingmeatwrestling.com for the merch site. And the link in the description to join the Slap and Meat Wrestling Podcast Discord page. Thank you all again for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode. Brother, I'm going. If I like it's a moment.